0: Hey, I got a mute button all right, man, okay, here we are. I love the roar of the uh the fellowship that happens in this place it's really It's really awesome to see the friendship the 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 family type atmosphere so i i I just wanted to share that with you um before we jump into our message, a couple of announcements if you are a guest, we have uh, a gift back there for you. Um, if you're a guest online, checking it out for the first time, uh, go to LifeChurchUtah.com and let us know that you are uh, here. That way we can connect with you, give you information of things that are coming up. Uh, if you have a gift, tithes, offerings that you'd like to give, uh, again, back at the kiosk or online at LifeChurchUtah.com. Uh, Thank you again for your continuous generosity. Um, I know that God is going to bless you because of your faithfulness. He's going to continue to provide for you. Um, and then a, an
1: exciting details, the things that we're planning on doing and what's
0: needed volunteer-wise and um, uh, candy-wise and all that kind of stuff, kind of go over some details. So if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, next week we will have a little meeting. Uh, Today we are continuing our study of Galatians and today could prove to maybe be a little hard-hitting. My hope is that it's not. I hope that today you leave Uh, challenged, yes, but also encouraged and and ready to to jump out there and apply the principles that we'll learn today. A quick recap, three weeks ago we looked at how we need the Spirit inside of us, that when we invite Jesus to do life with us, He sends His Spirit to guide us, to lead us, and, and to help us with this new life in faith. And a couple weeks ago we looked at how through adoption God's promises become ours, that Uh, When we accept Jesus uh, into our lives as as the Lord of our lives, um, God adopts us into his family and all the promises that have been given to uh, the prophets and to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob now become ours. And that relationship with God is not one that's distant, but it's one that's close. It's personal. Um, And then last week we looked at how our freedom is our opportunity to love one another through service. and. So last week I was told, and I really hope none of you noticed, I think maybe some of you did, but there was a typo on my slide, so every time it popped up, I think it said uh, our freedom is our opportunity to love one another uh, thought, thought service, and I said no, it's through service, so anyway, it's like, man, you know, and that was an autocorrect, that wasn't my fault, because in my notes it said through, so I'm blaming the system, But uh, how our freedom isn't there for us to gratify ourselves and our desires, but it's an opportunity to use it to serve and love other people. And today's kind of, it's an extension of that message three weeks ago about the spirit living inside of us and last week's message about how our freedom isn't for our own gratification. And like I said, it could be hard to hear, but I want you to be challenged today and we're going to look at how... Uh, what god's word is actually contrary to what society is throwing at us and what our culture is trying to teach us and share with us as truth um, as you know we have uh, taken all of our study and based it uh, wrapped it around galatians 5.1 that says for freedom christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery, that it's really God's desire that we live in true
1: freedom, freedom from I was like, okay,
0: we should throw them in the school. Okay, no one will know. We'll get away with it. I mean, we, you know, nowadays there's phones everywhere. There's cameras. So how would they know? They wouldn't know. So a group of us gather, get paintballs, and then we run through the locker rooms and through the gym and just start chucking paintballs at the walls. Make a mess everywhere. And we thought we got away with it until we got called down to Mrs. Mattis' office. And it was like, and she wasn't the principal. She was the vice principal. She was the mean one. Dr. Z was, he was the nice one. I mean, I I remember every morning before announcements would start, some of you might recognize the song, but he would play this song. Every time I see your smiling face, it makes me smile myself because I love you. So every morning, that's Dr. Z. He was the nice one. So they sent us to Mrs. Mattis. She was the mean one. And I know suspension was in the talks, but I even think expulsion was. And so they're like, we got to call your parents. we got to let them know what you did. Please no. I don't want to deal with Dad. You can take me out back and give me a spanking or something. I don't care. Just don't let Dad know. So they call my parents, and now I'm at home, and I'm sitting in the chair. And mom and dad are in front of me, and they're talking to me. And because I knew better, my my, and I talked to my dad about it later in life, and he's like, your genuine remorse over what you did was, he's like, for me it was enough punishment. You genuinely felt so bad. He's like, you owned it. You you know, you admitted you did it. And you were, I mean, I was just sobbing. (laughs) I'm so, you know, one of those kind of cries. And so... I, I didn't get any other punishment besides that, but then my dad's like, what you will do is you will sit down, you will write a letter to your principal, your vice principal to your school, acknowledging what you did and apologizing for it, and you have to hand deliver it. So I sat down, and I wrote this letter, and I walked up to Mrs. Mattis, and I gave her the letter, and I was suspended for a few days. Um, Have you ever been influenced by someone to do something you know you shouldn't have done? Did you do it either because it sounded fun or it looked fun or peer pressure? How did you feel afterwards? Were you remorseful?
1: Spirit has his way with us are
0: just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us, and our wishes are never free from their pressures. When you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. Verse 19, but when you follow your own wrong inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, Eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritism, that is, encouraging the activity of demons. Hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant efforts to get the best for yourself. Complaints and criticisms, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. And there will be wrong doctrine, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not... Inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and And self-control. And here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their natural evil desires to his cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Then we won't need to look for honors and popularity, which lead to jealousy and hard feelings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that sometimes it hits us with truths that are hard to digest, but I pray this morning that you will help us to hear what your word is saying, to understand it, to apply it, that, Father, we would be concerned with the fruit that we bear with our lives. So I ask this morning, Lord, open our ears to hear, our minds to understand, our heart to receive. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I read that from the Living Translation, and I chose that translation because I think it captures our everyday battle. And it also kind of, I felt it captured our current culture. Um, and to understand this battle between our spirit and our flesh, I want to take us back in time, like way back, to the, the way, way back. In fact, we talked about them last week, Adam and Eve. And we talked about how they had the freedom to do whatever they wanted. They had the freedom to choose between life and death. What so God said, all of this is yours. Just don't touch that tree. Enter in Satan.
1: Enter in the devil. And now he comes. that over these last weeks. And what the law
0: did was it showed the error in our ways. It showed how we were no longer in right standing with God. And it gave us rules. It gave us regulations. It gave us a way to get back to God. But the problem was none of us could live that. None of us could fulfill that law and live righteously. So now we have this duality inside of us. Now we're living with this sinful nature that is drawn to do things that are contrary to God's law. And now we have, because we are God's creation, we have the breath of life inside of us. We still have this draw, this desire that there's something there that this world isn't giving me, but it, it's there. And it's, it's our spirit longing for that relationship with God. Now, This might sound like rubbish, like, wait a minute, you're telling me that because this one guy that I didn't know made a decision, it now affects me and my life and everybody else's life on this planet? Yes, because if everybody is a descendant of Adam and Eve, their offspring have their nature, just like my kids have part of my nature in them. So this... Sinful nature has been passed on through children for generation, generation, generation after generation. And we all live with this. But here's the hope. The hope Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. He says, For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made Righteous. So what is Paul saying? He's saying Jesus made a way for us to defeat the desires of our flesh. He gave us a way to overcome death, to overcome uh, uh, the sinful nature, and to live a life of grace and to live a life of faith. So the question now becomes, how do we defeat the sinful nature? How do we win this constant battle? Well, as I was sitting there thinking about it, I came up with these three points. I think they're pretty good, but we'll see what you think. The first thing you got to do is you have to acknowledge that you have a problem. The first step to any recovery is acknowledging that there is an issue. The second thing we got to do is recognize what the behavior is and what it's producing. What is the problem producing? And then the third thing is to find a solution and apply that solution. And that's what we find in these verses 16 through 28. So I'm going to I'm going to read again Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. It says this, "I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do, and then you won't uh, always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to. For we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the holy spirit tells us to do and the good things we want to do when the spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires these two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us and our wishes are never free from their pressures when you are guided by the holy spirit you need no longer force yourself to obey the spiritual or to obey jewish laws So here in these verses, we see an
1: acknowledgement.
0: impure thoughts eagerness for lustful pleasures i feel like those can be lumped together i did a little search and just one website in 2018 for adult content 30.3 billion searches that is 962 searches in one minute on website do you think we have a problem I would say, yeah, idolatry. Now, there are people that maybe still put up a little idol and worship it. But in today's culture, what what does idolatry look like? Cell phones, job, whatever you put ahead of God, in front of God. See, God wants us to have a relationship with him to where he is first. We come to him first. We seek him first. And, and then, he, you know, his bio, the word says, you know, we seek him first. All of these things will be added unto you. He wants us to desire that relationship with him most. I would say we have a, a problem with idolatry. Spiritism, that is encouraging the activity of demons. Look at movies today. How many movies are about that demonic spirit? Games. Uh, I've seen on TV shows, even ads uh, on Different, uh, you know, you do a website search, but like Ouija boards and tarot cards. I mean, it's out there, and people are encouraging this activity into their life. Hatred and fighting, which can be lumped into um, the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. I mean, look at our political state in this country right now. We won't dialogue with each other. We won't have a conversation. It's, you're wrong, I'm right. We won't find a middle ground with one another. And we end up hating each other and fighting one another. Jealousy and anger, that could be tied into idolatry and envy. I'm jealous of what you have. I envy what you have. How do you respond to your kids? This, this one kind of hits, is personal for me. I, my kids can attest that sometimes dad can be a hothead. You know, and, and learning to control that and, and learning that, that I shouldn't have fits of anger Uh, a constant effort to get the best for yourself I got to get mine it's about me I got to get what's important to me and what I have whatever I got to do to to get it I'm going to do that complaints and criticism the workplace I go straight to the workplace I uh, being a supervisor at work I was
1: talking with Wild parties. I found another article that gave what
0: the the qualifications as to what a good wild party city is. You might be surprised at what the criteria is it's bars, strip clubs, casinos per capita, rate of binge drinking, marijuana and cocaine use. That makes you a good party city. See, when we live according to the flesh, this is what we produce. And I would argue that this is not good for our society. It's not good for our communities. It's not good for us individually. So I say again, who we are led by determines the fruit we bear. Let's look at verses 22 through 23 and read the contrast. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control and here there is no conflict with jewish laws this is what i want for my life this is what i want for my community for my home you see while the desires of the flesh sound and look fun and might even be justifiable like what's wrong with me getting mine what's wrong with me taking care of my own why can't i have a good time why can't i go party The problem is with the lifestyle of the flesh is what it breeds. I forget about my fellow man. I forget that I'm supposed to love the other people. All of my attention is inward. My focus is on what I can get, on what I need, on what I want, instead of my attention being on other people. You see, life in the spirit is just the opposite. It's outward driven. Like we talked about last week. You have the freedom to live the life you want. You have the freedom to choose what
1: you want. It's just a matter of what you want. To, to beat it
0: we simply need to tap in to that power we simply need to go to the source we must be led by the spirit then we will be able to defeat the flesh that produces death now hear me and don't mistake me we're gonna mess up we'll make mistakes we will fall we'll make bad choices we might lose our way this side of heaven we will not ever be perfect that's not that's not what I'm saying is to, to be perfect. It's what we strive to do. It's the desire of our heart is our desire to glorify God, to live for God, to bear fruit of the spirit. And when we fall, we acknowledge it. And then we repent of it. And then we ask the spirit to continue to guide us. Because I'll make the argument that when we're on the verge of making a bad choice, the holy spirit's there. Forest, don't do it. For us to think about it. Think of the consequence. Take a minute. He's there. He's talking to us. He's encouraging us. We must seek this guidance. It's only through that guidance that we will find our victory. We must learn to listen and make that right choice. I want to close with a story. And this is a good story. It hits me. It hits me right in the, the, the feel goods and the challenge goods and all those goods. My uh, in Minnesota lives my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, and they have recently celebrated the birth of their first
1: baby. On August twenty-seventh, the twenty-nine-hour. and encouragement for Megan. As Megan had opted for
0: an unmedicated birth, she was feeling everything. She was quite miserable. And as the process dragged on and on, Jason's preparation and knowledge stepped in. Jason would recall different positions for sitting and laying and squatting, anything to help move along the labor. They even found themselves at one time in the shower. He's fully clothed. She's sitting on a medicine ball. He's soaking wet, just spraying her back for over an hour, trying to bring her comfort. Well, as part of the preparation for this day, they had put together a list of truths to remind them and inspire them through the process. So as Megan would try a new position, as she she was going through the process of labor, Jason would whisper to her, for God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound and of a sound mind and Megan would repeat for God gave me a spirit did not did not give me a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and they would repeat these verses together that night in the hospital there were so many people giving birth that the midwife was constantly in and out in and out in and out and they find themselves they're at the place now where it's like it's time to push midwife isn't there doctor's not there So it's a nurse, Jason, and Megan. And Jason, being Jason, goes, what are we waiting for? Let's do this. So now he's encouraging the nurse. It's time to step up to the plate, and let's get this thing done. And so the nurse takes the encouragement. She sits down, and for three hours, Megan pushes. Finally, delivers the head and the shoulders, invites Jason over, he's able to grab their baby, finish delivering the baby. They didn't know the sex. So he's able to say, Megan, we have a baby boy and put the baby, put Griffin on her chest. And the thing that's amazing is Jason knowing Megan so well as they were going through the process, he knew that he needed to change
1: his encouragement. She was an athlete. She was used gentleness and
0: self-control my friends who we are led by determines the fruit we bear who we are led by determines the fruit we bear what would this world look like if the church would grab hold of all that god offers through the spirit Imagine if we had a world that was filled with people that love people, no matter who they are, where they come from. That we were filled with the joy of the Lord, that the joy of the Lord was our strength, that we had His peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that we had patience and kindness to know how to deal with everybody, that our heart would be filled with goodness and gentleness, faithfulness. I want to be someone that's faithful. I have seen two marriages this year, fall apart because of unfaithfulness and to have self-control to be able to control my reaction to be able to control my temper to be able to control what i say what i think that the fruit of the spirit would be evident in my life what would this community look like if we as a church could grab hold of that and invite the holy spirit to lead us and to guide us And now here's a picture of Allison with Griffin. Griffin Jude Gonzalez, born on August 28th at 7.40 a.m., weighing 7 pounds, 2 ounces, 20 inches long. Megan labored for 29 hours, pushing for 3. And there he is. Allison's in Minnesota right now, getting to meet him for the first time. Pretty cool. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. And I thank you for your people. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you give us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us. I thank you, Lord, that you challenge us. Even when it's hard to hear, even when
1: sometimes we don't want to accept it. But may the truth.